Welcome to the world of basketball, and I am your host, Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. And yes, the world of basketball has been insane. Records have been being broken. And guess what? I have a special guest right here on Ball Court. Welcome to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And before I jump in, because I know records have been being broken, Things have been going on in the world of basketball that has been absolutely amazing. Before I jump into that, I want to introduce my guest, one of my great friends and a, a brother on my uh, on the network. Let's go ahead and give a round of applause for Malik's fan. Come on. Hey, how you doing, Malik? How's it going? What's good? What's good? What's good, man? How's everything, Joe? What's going on out there? Man. Oh, man, it's great. It is absolutely great. Yes, the weather's starting to heat up a little bit. People are starting to come back outside. But overall, man, it's been great. Basketball's coming back, AAU basketball. Let me ask you, how's things been going in Philly? Philly's been grounded, man. I mean, Philly's been a grind. If you can only keep the murders down in Philly, that uh-huh. would be great. That's that's the biggest problem right now going on in Philadelphia, brother. It's like the middle in Philadelphia is an outrageous. So you're trying to find proactive ways to keep, you know, the guns off the street, man. You know, put some knowledge itself for some of these black men because it's, uh, it's, it's outrageous out here. Man, I hear you. I hear you. But hopefully your 76ers are going to go ahead and uh, put us a couple smiles on our face and, you know, keep at least during the playoffs to have well, people interested well, enough to stay off the street. You know what I mean? Well, here's the deal. If the Sixers win a chip, that's probably going to save about 200 lives. You know what I mean? Because there's people that's going to be in the right frame of mind. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? That's probably going to, you know what I mean? People that's going to put the, the guns down for a mm-hmm. second. We're going to celebrate just like we did when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So yeah. Let's hope that the other Sixers can give the other cities something to strive for, something that's going to bring us together, together, together and, you know, you know, just keep everybody in, like, in a positive state of mind. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's good. That's good. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted, I want you to hang around with me and we're going to go through a couple of topics like how I normally do, but I want somebody to discuss it with today. And that's why I brought you on. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up about the Sixers because with right now, with everything going on with um, the play, the play-in pitcher coming up and that's going to be starting on the 18th of May, we have to stop and take a look and say, okay, what's going on right now and how does that playoff pitcher look? So your Sixers, yes, Joel Embiid and your Sixers right now are sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. So with that being said, I know you think that they're going to win the chip. I heard what you're saying. But those Brooklyn Nets are looking pretty good. Give me a reason why you think that uh, it's going to be Philly. Okay, so if you ask me great questions, and really, to be totally honest, Brooklyn are, is the odds on favor to make this thing work. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the three potentially Hall of Famers, you know, you got KD, the Beard, you got Kyrie, you know those guys. Mm-hmm. You got the you got two Hall of Fame um coaches slash players on the bench and Dan Tony. You know what I'm saying? Steve Nash, you know, Steve is gonna be in the hall because not all he's there. Mm-hmm. And Dan Tony, he he pretty much changed the way the game is being played now. You know what I'm saying? With the style in Houston. So and with the Suns. So mm-hmm. when, when you put all those pieces together you expect success in Brooklyn. 
But here's the one thing. This crew hasn't played together. The, the, the book, that team has only played, I think, seven games all season. Yeah. You know what I mean? A team on the court with Kyrie, KD, and 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 um and and, and uh, James Harden. So you gotta credit something to camaraderie. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like teams got you gotta have that camaraderie. You get I, what I'm saying? I definitely understand. And, and and like the Brooklyn Nets right now have not shown that they have that type of camaraderie and they have that type of chemistry amongst their best players. Now, here's the thing about basketball: if you can ball. You can ball. Like, That's ball true. is ball. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And they figure it out. But these are the playoffs. And this is at the highest level. And those, and those, and, 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 and a lot of times, it's the, it's the little things. It's, 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 it's knowing how to set that screen just right. It's that eye contact cutting to the basket. It's all those little things that if you don't play with each other, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And you don't have those things. And even though we have a new system in Philly, with Doc and with Dallas at like the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. we got a lot of the same players on our team. Our core guys have been together for an, for for a nice period of time. Something with you know Joel and B, who who should be at least considered for the MVP. We're talking about Ben Simmons, who 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 should be at least considered for Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, who's who's been in the system, who's been in Doc's system for multiple years. You know what I'm saying? You got Shake Milton, who's part of the process, who's who who who's who's been there for many down years. So you have a lot of players on this roster now that have been playing together for an extended period of time. But let me and this whole team every week, every every day, and every week since the beginning of, of, of the season. But Malik, let me let me interject together. here for a second. And that's where I think the edge is in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We've been playing together together. Doc has been building the team. Slowly but surely, yeah. over the last six months, unlike any other team, and, and you know it's starting. To, it's all starting to fall into place. I but, mean, last it, week we but, lost four in a row. But, but exactly, came right back this week to win eight in a row, and mm-hmm. pretty much take a stranglehold. Or, I mean, uh, like a stranglehold on, on the other uh, on the on the entire conference. And if we win tonight, we we clinch the first. Uh, I mean, we clinched number one seed. In that, and, yes, if I take that know, win tonight, so we I, do I, have I that opportunity. We have so many things going for us from a team chemistry standpoint, mm-hmm. from a coaching standpoint, and from a league MVP standpoint. Because as great as Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, mm-hmm. none of those guys, as of right now, are league MVP worthy the way Joe Evan is. Well, let's that and that is and that is great, and I definitely one hundred percent you know back a lot of the stuff that you're saying. But we've got to also take a look at this. You know, you, you're looking at a level of uh, talent coming from uh, Brooklyn. And let me play devil's advocate for a second, because I know that there's a lot sure. of Brooklyn fans and Brooklyn stands out there that's probably listening and saying, "Oh man, but but this, look at this." So let me go ahead and play devil's advocate for a second. You have um, you have the uh, Brooklyn Nets, a phenomenal team. With uh, you with Kyrie, James Harden, which is going to be coming back on Wednesday, hopefully to play against the Spurs. This way, you give him a couple games, three games, you know, two three games prior to the end of the season to make sure that he's he's geared up and ready. But you have a uh, James Harden, you have a Kevin Durant, you have a Kyrie Irving. Though they have not played, we clearly see 
uh, every four years or every year when we take a look at USA basketball, that it only takes just a practice or two before they start clicking again. You know, a couple games, you know, against Angola, if you will, to start clicking again and start, you know, seeing that, see where they match. Like you say, basketball players are going to play. Now, you have three of, um, no, they're not having a MVP season this year, but these are three uh, former MVPs. That is like all. Truly. Yeah, and, they, and they're truly one of, truly some of the best players in the game. When you list in the top 10 players in the game, three of them actually play for the Nets. So it's kind of when you, it, it's kind of a situation, but yeah, they, they're going to be the heavy favorite. But when you sit there and you look around the overall, uh, the, the overall conference, the way it looks right now, you have a chance that Charlotte, Charlotte is actually in a good position to get into that play-in position and probably be this seventh or eighth seed. Now, if we look at them as the eighth seed, is this a team that that's clicking on their nature, a young team that's very aggressive, they play together, they move the ball at a fast pace, and they're more like a West Coast team than any other um, Eastern Conference team that's out there right now. So with that seeding, they're matching up against, um, the, uh, uh, against the Philadelphia it might not be the uh, the route that they want to take. Maybe th- by taking a loss tonight and not clinching that number one spot and leaving it open for possibly Brooklyn to take that number one spot. These young guys, these young guys that the Hornets have, I definitely think is going to push the pace against that uh, that those um, three MVPs. Not stating that uh, Philadelphia can't do that, but this is a game of matchups. And with a game of matchups, you're going to end up leaving Steph Curry, not Steph Curry, I'm sorry, <laughs> Seth Curry coming off of the bench to go ahead and match up with a Kyrie Irving. That's putting him in a bad position. Don't get me wrong, Seth Curry's a great defender. I saw when he played against his brother, causing four turnovers in the first two minutes of the game, making Steph look like he wasn't going to be, uh, he wasn't going to be great that night. But of course, he dropped 49 and he was great that night. But neither to say, that's neither here nor there. I'm just stating that um, with the Philadelphia 76ers going into the playoffs, right now, in that top seed, they should be a little bit worried because this young Hornets team is looking phenomenal. And let's take a look. I was speaking of that Hornets team. I want to really go ahead and, and really take a look at in what position would they, what the position they would have to be in in order for us to say that, yeah, they're going to walk right into the playoffs. Because they still have to win tonight, and that's going to put them into that playing game. Now, of course, you know, they have their uh, rookie phenom, LaMelo Ball, doing his thing, making it very much exciting right now. So I, I look at things on a whole, and I say that, okay, look at this playoff picture. Now, where does uh, Philadelphia look, fall if they have to go against a LaMelo Ball? Do they do they uh, do they advance or what? What what do you think happened in that first round? Okay. I, it, it smells like upset to me. Right, so let me first think, tell you flat out, I don't think Charlotte's gonna make it to the playoffs. All right, because mm-hmm. we got to talk playing game. Let's like, mm-hmm. talk playing game, right? So we know, how, so you understand how the playing works. Yeah. You got seven versus eight and nine versus ten. Mm-hmm. All right, so. The seven versus eight game is right now looks like it's going to be Boston and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Nine versus ten versus it looks like it's going to be the Pacers and Wizards. That's so correct. if we have eight versus seven, I'm going to give Boston a benefit of the doubt just on the strength of 
the fact that although Jalen Brown is out now, Jalen yes. Brown has done yes. for the year, so that's so that's huge. That is, that is absolutely huge, huge. huge. Yeah, that is absolutely huge. Because you got to think about it, right. Charlotte's record was better than uh, Boston before Lamelo got hurt. It was, it was. I'm not, I'm not saying exactly. So I'm not saying that's not huge. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but no, Lamelo's back now. Yeah, but. Yeah. Even if even if even if Charlotte wins the series against 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 um Boston, mm-hmm. right? Charlotte would have the seventh seed and not the eighth seed. But if they lose to Boston, right, and Boston earns that seventh seed, then chances are they got to play Washington. And if Brett and Bradley Bill is coming back for the playoffs, mm-hmm. that, that's the team that I don't want to see. If I had to pick a team between Washington and playing against Two Hall of Fame type players and Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. Maybe don't touch a Westbrook in second mm-hmm. in, in Westbrook or or the Hornets and those young guns. I'm gonna go against. I'd rather go against the young guns because they don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs for the first time. And and, and pretty much the uh 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 the Joel and B and and the Ben the Ben Simmons process ever. That they're gonna be the old heads. They're gonna be yes. the guys that show the young guys the ropes in terms of what this playoff thing is all about. And then secondly, the Hornets don't have anyone, don't have anyone on their roster that can even match up against Joel and B. I mean, this is a series where Joel and B, yeah. if he has the chance to play against Charlotte, I mean, he should be able to average close to 35, 40 points a night. And I'm not exaggerating. No, no, no. You, 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 I, I honestly believe he could, do, he could probably go 40, 20. 35, 14 at mm-hmm. night out there because they have no one over the size of 6'9". Really, that can even stay in front of them. You know what I'm saying? So He's, a, he's, he's an athletic big man. So he's kind of like a big man that's a guard. So I, hear what, I definitely hear what you're saying. So and, that might be scary and, for him. And let me make one final point. Mm-hmm. If we start, if we start putting Ben Simmons on a Lonzo ball, and Ben is kind, of, and, and Ben can neutralize his movement and the way he sets up the offense, yeah. I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna shut everything Charlotte does down. And if we don't, if we don't assign Ben Simmons to the kid, then we can put Bible on this kid, who like. Matisse Thibel is actually turned out to be one of the better defenders in, in this league as well, and we can put him on a line, a line of the ball. So I think we can send ways of defensive mm-hmm. looks at, at, like a ball to confuse him, to, to frustrate him, to rattle him. When you talk about George Hill, Matisse, Matisse Thibel, when you talk about ben, like, ben, like Ben Simmons, you mm-hmm. got Thibel and Simmons are both in the top five in the league in steals. You know, I mean, those kind of players are going to give defensive problems for a ball. And when you talk about Joel Embiid standing yeah. in the paint, I don't see how the athletic the athletic forwards of uh, of like of of of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Bridges and um, yeah. the other kid I can't think of his name off of um, of, uh, of Bridges and the other kid I can't think of his name off the top of my head, mm. but. Um, those guys are not going to be able to crash and dominate the glass and play above the rim with with Joel and B man in the paint. So I don't. I think Charlotte is the perfect team. It's the perfect set of team to be the eighth seed to play against the Sixers. However, I think if they meet, if they have to play Boston and Washington back to back, I think those are two losses and they won't make 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 the playoffs. The Washington series. I think it would be scary, 
But overall, I think talent-wise, I think uh, the Sixers have more talent than Washington. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there's no one on that D.C. roster that can hang with Joel Embiid. That's true. That's true. So let's go ahead and jump. I'm going to jump over to the Western Conference real quick because I just want to touch base on the Western Conference. Now, I personally feel that my Lakers are in the, right now we're we're fighting to get in. You know, we're in that we're in that playing position, and now we're going to fight to get in. I think losing LeBron for that that period of time and Anthony Davis for that period of time, when the injury bug really bit us, and not having Dennis Schroeder for uh, I think almost six games, it was like we, it really hurt us. So now we're in a position where we have to play in. Do you see the Lakers? Who do you see making it to the playoffs first, either the Lakers or Golden State? I mean, listen, if LeBron is back, you got to go L.A. I mean, that's the that's just the real. I mean, and you can't knock the impact of LeBron. I mean, the, LeBron is just on another <laughs> level when you talk about the impact. He moves, he, he shifts the entire league. You know what I'm saying? Like the entire Western Conference paradigm totally shifts the minute LeBron James is back on the court. And as much as much fun as it sounds like Steph Curry going out there and having like a Steph Curry one-off game where he's going to score 40, 50, 55. Yeah, hasn't been one-off lately. Lately, he's made it You know more. what? Good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, you know, of course, because L.A., I mean, I mean while, while like Curry is trying to focus on getting 50, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Golden State on the defensive side got to figure out a way to stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and those two combined can get you seventy, can get you sixty, can get you, can get you sixty-five, and totally negate all of Curry's hard work and efforts. So, and just the physical presence of LeBron mm-hmm. changes the whole entire tone of the game, the way the game is played. The way the game is officiated, so you gotta look at like the way when, when LeBron comes back, the whole entire paradigm shifts in the NBA. And don't lose sight that that, that the Lakers could actually still sneak into that six seed and not even play a playing game. That is that true. Seven, and that and that seven seed could be Portland. So we let's not lose sight of that. Like, that he, that, he, is, that he, is true. They so, do have that opportunity, uh, but you gotta understand the way Steph. Curry is playing right now no, at this but, high level. You, I you think about it, in a play in a playing game. It's not like you got to win a seven game series. You just got to get hot one night. And obviously, Steph Curry has been doing one night. That. It's, it's the NCAA version of the NBA. Exactly. Super dope. Exactly. And I love that. Dope. You know what I'm saying? You just got to, and and that's why I like this because uh, Steph Curry right now has shown all he needs is one night. Give him one night and he got it. And so if he can get that one night, that one game where he's just feeling hot or he heats up in that one quarter, it's like he can do it. But I hear what you're saying. Yes, when he's doing it on one end, who's doing it on the other? Because even when we take a look at last night's game against Utah, yes, of course, you know, Steph Curry was out there. He dropped 49 points and they took the lead and they were looking good. But still, Jordan Clarkson, had 41 points, and he had 24 of them in the fourth quarter. So when you look at things of that nature, you're saying, oh, right, yeah, he's doing this, but what else is he doing, you know? But Malik, I, I'm sorry, we're going we're gonna to jump into the next topic right after this message. 
We're going to take a quick little break, and I will be right back with more Ball Court. This is the special with Malik Spann, and I'm Cole Drew. Hang around with me for more Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and I have, of course, our special guest from the Blitz, Malik Spann. He is on the line with me, and we are talking basketball. And if you did not hear that first segment, it was absolutely crazy. We've been talking basketball. We're going back and forth. It's, it's like it's like two old guys in brown liquor going on right here. I'm, I'm loving this, you know? <laughs> so we're going to jump into the next topic. And, of course, we're going to talk about your best, and your best could never. Yes, all you old people sitting around talking about, oh, back in my day, they used to do this. They used to do the whole game. There was a guy named Oscar Robinson. Big O, back in my day, did this. Now, look at this. Russell Westbrook is the new Big O. Yes, he has turned it up. He has hit 182 triple-doubles, putting him number one on the career list of triple-doubles. So let me ask you, before we jump, because there's going to be two athletes that I'm going to highlight during this part of your best could never. So I'm going to first talk about Russell Westbrook. Now, first, let me go ahead and tell you about a little backstory of Russell Westbrook. He was not one of the top 100 high school athletes coming out. He wasn't on the radar like, oh, man, this is going to be the next big thing. He was actually considered one of the borderline athletes. Even at UCLA, it was Kevin Love that was getting all the hype back then. You know, he came into the league and drafted by Seattle, you know, long-lived Seattle Supersonics. Um, he comes into the league, playing for Oklahoma uh, City Thunder, and I'm going to tell you, he, he handled being second fiddle. He took it with grace. He took it with stride. Worked through that and everything. After uh, Kevin Durant left, he decided he's going to take over the team, and he became a leader on that squad. Now, from then on, he has been on a tear. He took a year off just to relax, make sure James Harden was feeling comfortable over there in Houston. And then he decided, you know what, I'm going back on that leader tour. And in Washington, that's exactly what he has been doing. He's been on a tour to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game. An undersized, undervalued guard is now the leader of triple doubles. How, well, how do you feel about that, Malik? You know what? I think one of the more underappreciated players in this era is Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Could you really think, I mean, think about when we were coming up, and I know we don't want to age ourselves, but back in the day, when you got a triple-double, that was major news. Yes. I mean, it wasn't just little news. It was major news. When mm -hmm. anyone got a triple-double, like triple-doubles, I mean, it was so crazy that Ice Cube threw it in the song, like, up the round and got a triple double. Like, damn, yeah. like, you got a triple double? Like, for real, that. And, like, just think about a, a guy in his last four out of his last five seasons has averaged a triple double. Average a triple double. And think about it. This season are better than the MVP years. The numbers are even higher. The rebounds are higher. The assists are higher. The yeah. points are almost on, on the same par. And so when you think about what Russell Westbrook has done in terms of 
you know, bringing a certain type of tenacity. I haven't seen this type of tenacity on the basketball court since my main man from Philly, AI, Alanis and the great, you know what I'm saying? So the answer. So when so when you think about Bubba Chuck and that and the mm-hmm. energy that he brought to the court, and then you bring that and you put that inside of a six-four body, and uh, that's Russell Westbrook. And I'm not trying to call Russell Westbrook Allen Harrison. Totally two different games. I'm talking about the people, the way they play. The way they approach the game. game. That's nasty to to the game. The winner, like I'm not like I don't give a f. I'm that guy on the court. That's the attitude that that Westbrook brings to the court day in and day out, and you cannot knock it. And the 182 triple doubles, like that was almost like Bay's roof home run record. Exactly. No one ever thought it was it was going to be possible. It was it was merely a joke, especially in today's NBA. Especially in today's NBA, where crashing the boards is not a big thing anymore because you have to get out there, you have to run back because. You got big men. You got uh, small forwards and power forwards shooting from 30 feet. So you can't even crash boards anymore. So the fact that you're able to average double digits on rebounds as a guard and still able to be considered, because he's not considered like a loaf on defense. So he gets back. He blocks shots. As a matter of fact, he had a game-winning block just just a few nights ago. He is a pleasure. He's like He's a gift. It's like God came to the NBA and said, "Here you go. Here's Russell Westbrook. You are welcome. Enjoy." I mean, listen. Think about this. It took 54 years just to break the record. Yeah. To break this record, it was 54 years since Oscar Robinson said it. I mean, so you got to think about this was a, one of those records where people thought it was unbreakable, was unattainable, and this guy had pretty much and he pretty much did it in the last four or five years, and like. It wasn't like he's 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 done this through the stretch of like his entire eleven year career. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't. He hasn't. He's no. pretty much learned how learned the nuances of of, of like the NBA, put and, 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 and figured out how a way where you know what, if these big men can't go up to these boards, I'm gonna go get them. You know what I'm saying? And I would go as far as to say, uh, Westbrook is the greatest rebounding guard of all time. I I and I, and I could attest that. I would definitely agree with that. As a matter of fact, that's where I was going to go with it. I think that as a guard, when you're, when you're talking about guards, because we all talk about the when we all rank guards, the, when it comes to the guards, everybody talks about the shooting guards, of course, the Kobe Bryants, the Michael Jordans. They talk about that scoring prowess. But we always, but we always forget what, other, what the other things that the guards do. Now, as a rebounding guard, as a coach myself, you get a rebounding guard, that's, that's, that's of huge value, especially in the new NBA. The big men got to run back. They got to get back. They got to they gotta defend those other big men that's going to be shooting from 30 feet, 25 feet. You know, seeing so like the Nikola Jokic out there, you know, and, and the Kevin Durant's out there. You got to get back so you can have a hand in their face. But what are the guards doing? Are the guards able to crash boards if you miss the rebound, get back? And Russell Westbrook is one of the few that, you know, he, he plays with such a pace. He plays with such a style that is, you can't compare him to nobody. And Oscar Robinson was the only comparison that anybody could really um, compare him to. Now, the funny thing that I get a lot. I, 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 can I jump in? Yeah. Real, real quick. I got to jump in. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about rebounding guards, although he never did it, you got to throw Magic in the mix. Because when Magic, when he rebounds the ball, 
it turned it, what he did with that ball after the ball was rebounded is that he ignited the fast break. Like when Brad, when Magic rebounded the ball, it's showtime. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's when the that's when the Lakers is on the move when Magic will rebound the ball. So when so but when even, I call, but even then, Magic, even at that time during that showtime Lakers, he wasn't the lead rebounder on the team. No, 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 no. He wasn't exactly. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Is that you know, but the way he's he's he for the way Magic used to rebound the ball and, and to turn defense mm-hmm. into offense, and he used to make that shift so 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 like so quickly. Like that's what made Magic such a dynamic thing. Is when a six nine dude rebounds the ball and get it up the up, like up the court but, so quickly. But you would expect that from Magic, even though a guard, he's still six nine at six four. What Russell Westbrook brings is that he will attack the basket, rebound the ball, and then turn into a guard. It's like he it's like he morphs into a big man, morphs into a guard, and he's able to do whatever the the team needs. And it's like he learned this, all of this. He he stopped the, he took that time to learn it after Kevin Durant left OKC. You know? And that's why I sit here and say that that was the biggest blessing for the NBA was Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City. Here's why. You, Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, forcing Russell Westbrook to be Russell Westbrook. Also putting Chris Paul into a position where Chris Paul had to look at himself and reevaluate himself to become the better Chris Paul that he is. Also, what it went ahead and did was it, it retooled everybody else. Now, everybody else now builds teams to beat LeBron James solely, you know? And they will go out and get the, any firepower they need. And these these are all the things that you look at now, you know, all because of Kevin Durant leaving the um, leaving Oklahoma City. I'm not saying that it was a bad thing. I'm not saying it was a great thing. I'm just saying that these are the things that took place because of it. And now we have we've been blessed with this version of Russell Westbrook, and I'm very much happy about that. I enjoy it, but I don't want to spend all the time just you no know, glorifying Russ. I also have to talk <laughs> about my Lakers. I have to talk about Anthony Davis. He, I'm talking, he was the first Laker ever to record 42 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, five blocks, and five steals in one game. And here goes the best part about it. Right after the game, within hours after the game, he was on live stream on Grand Theft Auto, on live stream, giving people the business on there. I'm telling you, he's like, he's so versatile. It was like nothing for him. Literally another day at the office, he went home and played video games after. He didn't celebrate or nothing. I I find that to be amazing. That's the attitude I want going into the playoffs. He's, he did something no other Laker has done. No other Laker big man. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Laker big man. We had Wilt Chamberlain. We had we had uh, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, you had Kareem. You had Kareem, the number one scorer got- in history. You had Kareem. You had you you had some you had some great big men that could do some great things, even in great rebounders like Kurt Rambis. You know, you had to you had those people who were doing great things. Dwight Howard for a while. Dwight Howard for a minute. So some great big men. I mean, men. I'm not talking about last year's Dwight. I'm talking about Dwight because he actually had the real Dwight. Yeah, when we Superman and Dwight. Well, <laughs> not Clark Kent. You know, Clark Kent, Clark Kent, Clark Kent. Listen, now they put Kryptonite in his pocket. Kent, his eye. He's a good piece. He's a good piece of you guys last year. But we you know we talking about the real Dwight Howard, the one used to rock the cape. Yeah. That but Dwight Howard was special. You know what I'm saying? That that, that was yeah. Dwight Howard with the fade. Dwight Howard with the fade. That's the one that's the one I always remember. 
you know? Dwight Howard with the dreads right. is cool, but Dwight Howard with the fade is the one that I remember. You know, he's been exactly. doing some exactly. great That's things. the real dude right there. Yeah. So, but hands down, Anthony Davis, I want to give you your roses because you did your thing last night. Uh, 42 points, that was huge. That's huge. Now, let me ask you. We talked about LaMelo Ball earlier. We talked about how great he is for the Charlotte Hornets and how turning around what he's doing for the Charlotte Hornets. We talked about the fact that um, we didn't even talk about it. We didn't even mention it. But I want to go ahead and talk about the fact that as a rookie, he leads in every major statistical category right now as a rookie. Right? We talk about... Um, I, th- I think it's up to scoring. I think that goes... Except scoring. Except scoring. That's Anthony Edwards. Edwards is in charge. Uh, yeah. yeah. But every, outside of scoring, every major statistical category outside of scoring. Yes, he missed 21 games. But let me ask you, do you think he has what it takes right now to go ahead and pull off this rookie of the year? Okay, so let's touch on AD real, real quick because I think what you're getting at is that this could be the transition year mm-hmm. for the Lakers. You get what I'm saying? Where last year LeBron showed AD what it takes to be the guy on a championship team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's a like 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 you know, LeBron is odd. And he and he sent AD down the go golden brick but uh the yellow the yellow brick road. Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying. So now you. this year, this may LeBron says he's a hundred percent. We want to see tonight how much he's really a hundred percent. But mm. this may be the transition where AD becomes number one and LeBron becomes his tactic. and that's what the Lakers really need. Yes, if they expand, if if if, like, if they expect to not only be great this year. But, but like for years to come, as long as LeBron is there, we need AD to take that to take that Superman step. I know I'm, I'm rocking that reference a lot, but we need AD to take to go to that next level uh-huh. because you know he has the, the skill set, the talent to be that guy. It's just that he has to have the belief, and that's another element of LeBron. LeBron gives boys hope. He gives guys belief. Hey, he's not only the king; he's the king maker. He, he, exactly, he's the kingmaker. That's an excellent term. You know, he he helps people be as great as they want to be. Exactly, you know what I'm and I think I think I think the fact that and, and you made a strong point in saying that AD he had you know 41, 42 points, twelve boards, five rebounds. I mean, I mean, 12, 12 boards, like five or six, five blocks, three, like three steals, and then it <laughs> meant nothing to him. You know why? Because he got a ring. Because that's what. Because now when See what see what players who don't have rings they they focus on stats. Players who got rings they focus on rings. Stats don't mean nothing. So yeah. then that's why AD can go back to his crib and just play grand like Grand Theft Auto on Twitch and have fun with, with the fans and everything. Because yeah. you know what? You know what matters now? Those stats don't mean nothing. That ring that's means true. everything. That that's ring validates my my greatness. And, and that's where he's at right now. That's why I'm hoping they get in, because once they get in, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem for everybody. But tell me, what do you think about LaMelo? Do you think that he's deserving of Rookie of the Year? You know what? If you want to look at the best rookie from, from pretty much, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, from the, every time he's been on the court, it's been ball. If you want to look at the rookie who's actually grown the most from, like, point A to point B, it's Edwards. To me, if you want to know who who who's the best rookie, it's Ball because Ball pretty much changed the face of the franchise. Yeah, he took a franchise 
that 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 had zero identity, that had zero culture, that had that had nothing technically going for for them as, as the team moving towards the future. Ball gave the Hornets hope. He gave the Hornets an ideal of something to to to, like, to almost strive towards. And mm-hmm. now that they know that they have their point guard of their present and their future. They can actually find pieces to build around him now. They never had that core piece before. And Ball does everything so well. He sees the court unlike anybody I've ever seen. He 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 makes incredible passes. So he gets people off the seat. He's like a showman. He's funny. He's charismatic. He does all the little. He gets all his teammates involved. He uplifts the he uplifts the the, the the elevation of like the of like the coaching staff, yeah. and he gets the the fans involved eventually when fans start coming back into the ball club. I mean, into the arenas again. It depends. Like, you can't. He brings he brings the AAU feel to it, don't they? It's like the AAU <laughs> game all the time. With him. I, it's like we're watching him on ball is life all over again. But, but see, that's the whole point because a true point guard makes the other team play his style of game. Yeah, that's what a real point guard does. A point guard controls the flow of the game. I can control mm-hmm. the pace of the game. I make you. I make the other team play the way we want you to play. That's what a real point guard does, and that's why ball is so special, and that's why ball is a star. And if you ask me. If the Hornets make it to the playoff, it's a slam dunk ball to be the rookie of the year. All right, so y'all heard it here. Y'all heard it here first. Malik Spain, Coach Drew have told you, Lamelo Ball, hands down, he's gonna be rookie of the year. You know, we gotta clap for that because he's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna jump into my next segment. All right, this is called a coach's look. We just we're gonna talk, we take a look at uh you know something that's been going on in the league or outside of the league. Then with basketball, then you know that we just want to take a closer examine on. And I have my man here, Malik Span, with me, so we're gonna make sure we take a closer look at what's going on with J. Cole going pro. Yes, J. Cole was actually signed to uh, the Basketball Africa League, you know, a league that is um, co-sponsored by FIBA and the NBA. Um, this basketball league was set to premiere last year in 2019, but uh, actually last year in 2020. But due, due to uh, COVID, the league was postponed. Now, even though it's postponed and everything, it still has now gotten a lot of, um, a lot of press due to the fact that J. Cole, yes, Jermaine Cole of Fayetteville, North Carolina, is now playing for a team in Rwanda uh, for the Basketball Africa League. Now, let me ask you, what do you think about that? I think it's dope. I think it's I think it's dope, man. I, first of all, anytime mm-hmm. that um, African Americans reach back to Africa to mm-hmm. get more in touch with the the language and our culture and everything like that is just it's, it's special. So I think it's important for us to always reach like reach like like reach back into the African diaspora and and learn as much about it as you know as possible. And, and and Cole is doing something unique. I mean, like Master P try to do first of all, entertainers wanna be athletes, athletes wanna be entertainers. Entertainers. Yes. You heard that cliche a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, Cole, he used to be a nice baller. You know what I mean? Before he you know, before he decided to go the go the go to out of the pen. Actually, you know what I'm saying? I heard Cole was a nice a, a nice baller. Yeah, you know about, so I um, think right before the pandemic, he was um 
right before the pandemic hit, he was at a, a Heinz open run, right? And they were, he was just like giving them the work. I'm talking against pro athletes. He's giving them work. He is crossing over. He has a nice little jade to him. He has a decent size. He's a decent size for a guard, first of all. So as a professional guard, you can see that he's a decent size. Now, there has been reports, of course, that uh, um, prior to the pandemic and all, he's he's been actually seen at, in the triangle in, um, he's been seen in the triangle in, uh, in North Carolina, you know, at NC State, uh, UNC, and on, on those campuses getting shots up and playing against their uh, star guards and everything. So he's known to be a baller. He's 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 played against uh, NBA level talent down in uh, in New York. He's playing he's played some high level ball. As a matter of fact, he was actually he was actually going to be on St. John's uh, St. John's University team coming out of high school. Really? But yes, but okay. uh, the um, he was a walk on, tried out as a walk on, and they actually the person who was running the uh, running it cut him and kept three other players who. And they ended up getting rid of the following year. So obviously he has the grind. He puts in the work. He puts in, he does all the necessary things. I think it's a, I think overall, I love the idea of it because. It's dope. Yes. It was because there's a lot of people didn't know about the um, basketball African. And with J. Cole having his fan base, because go ahead, his new album's about to come out, you know, the off season. That's what it's called. So um, go ahead and check that out. But with that album coming out and the buzz that he's going to get behind that album, I think that buzz is going to carry over to the basketball athletic, I mean, the basketball Africa league. And that's going to generate a great buzz for them, which I think is well needed because there's a lot of great talent coming out of Africa. And I definitely want everybody to go ahead and see those, see those leagues and see those games. So Rwanda is going to be the team that I'm sharing for because Jay Cole is on there and Jay Cole, you know, I really dig, I really dig what he does. I, I like his flow. So I'm watching you, Jay. I'm rooting for you. We want everything to, you know, we want everything to work out for you. But we take a closer look at that. I think this is going to be awesome for the league, you know? And, and, no, I, and, think I agree. I agree with you. And, and this may start a trend. Those basketball players that are rappers or those rappers that decide to become basketball players and or the ones that they feel like their career is just not fully over or they want their career to start somewhere else outside of uh, going to the NBL or playing in Europe and they don't want to go to the G League and they say, hey, you know, we could do it. Now the basketball the league is going to be another uh, avenue. And I think that with J. Cole going there, that's going to really highlight that avenue. And we might see some phenomenal athletes coming out of there. And I want to tell people this. The fact that it's with uh, that is co-sponsored by the NBA and FIBA, that is going to be, that's awesome in itself because what it's going to do, it's going to develop a pipeline. They're watching. It's already linked in. They're watching who's going to come out in FIBA. They're watching who's going to um, come out for the NBA. And this might be a really legitimate avenue of getting into the NBA. Just, just as something for you to take notice of. All right. Oh, one last thing that I want to talk about on the coaches. Look, I know I didn't put it on our uh, agenda, but I thought about it and I was like, we have to talk about it. Shaquille O'Neal's son signed into an HBCU. What do you think about that? Shaquille O'Neal has signed to an HBCU to play for them and he's talking about changing the culture. Do you, what do you believe about that? Tell me about that. What do you feel? Well, you know what? 
first of all, let's jump on J. Cole real quick. I think mm. one of the things you got to talk about is the rumble in the jungle. Uh-huh. When Ali, when Ali fought Foreman, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you got to understand how Ali is still revered so much in Africa because he made that commitment. He made the commitment to, 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 to bring Don King and Ali, they made the commitment to bring that fight there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? To bring the fight to, like, to Zaire. And Africa as a continent, we're not talking about just a country. We're not talking about a city. We're not talking about a state. We're talking about an entire continent. You know, Africa is three times, three and a half times the size of the United States. The continent of Africa is three and a half size three and a half times the size of the United, of the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's massive. It's massive. I don't think people on, on the map understand the, 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 the scale on how big Africa is because on the map, they're trying to make Africa look like it's small and all that. So like, well, it's not that big. It's massive. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly massive. So when you talk about having an African presence, I mean, I understand how he's trying to coincide that with his album sales and things like that. But don't, but, but, but you know, having that connection can last a lifetime. So that's a very smart, true business move by J. Cole by just connecting himself to the African diaspora through sport, through entertainment, through music. It's been done before. It's worked well for Muhammad Ali. And like this is an opportunity for Jay to maximize that that as well. All right, now to talk about Shaquille Neal's son going to HBCUs, man, I wish all top level professional athletes start start trending and taking their talents to HBCUs. So that's what I want. I want. I don't want. I want. I didn't want the trend to stop with McCoy making. Going to Howard, I want to. I want to see all top level because the bottom line is no one is going to take care of you the way home will, and that's what the HBCUs need to be telling the kids. Like, what we're going to take care of you. We're not going to. We're not going to just profit off of like yeah. like off these. And the NCAA has done such a poor job protecting students, protecting kids, of um, protecting the intellectual property, the intellectual property. You think you think I'm saying like they've done such a poor job in this space is that it's time for us to look for different avenues, not only to be educated, but to also share our talents in the right avenues. So then so so you know what happens? We when you start having fifteen of the top twenty-five kids going to HBCUs, guess what comes up next? You're gonna have Netflix and Apple TV and Amazon TV doing TV rights deals to show HBCU games, if the ESPNs and the CBS and the ABCs don't exactly. want to come to the world. And exactly. those, because there are so many average, and, and, and just because you have so many content sources now, because you have so many con- con- content sources now, all of these different content platforms, they need content. And you know where they're going to go? Where the talent is. This is like if you've got a young writer who writes an incredible, uh, an incredible mini series. They're gonna bid for that content the same way you have if you can if the HBCUs consistently get 25 of the top 100 players every year going to HBCUs, the money will start to come, the money will be generated. And Mm -hmm. let's hope this is going to start a floodgate, especially when you have a spokesperson like Shaquille O'Neal, not necessarily his son, but Shaq himself. 
come yeah. out and saying, let's change the paradigm. Let's change this right here and right and right now. So I think it's a I think it's huge for HBC HBCUs. Let's just hope that we take the right approach or HBCUs take the right approach to um capitalize on having alliances with real NBA royalty with guys like Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I'm saying? I think they should. I definitely think they should. And and as you can see, the tides is changing. The the air is out there. It's gonna be a dip. And hopefully, what I'm hoping for is that when the HBCUs aren't taking in these athletes, they're not they're not looking at it and say, "Oh yeah, now we can be like the blue bloods." I want them to more say, "All right, how do we protect them? How do we ensure that they have an education?" Because if you make it where it's not about, hey, we're just here to get that one year out of you and then you can go do what you want. If you make it here and say, hey, we can work together. We're going to make you stronger. We're going to make you better. We're going to give you the same feeling that you gave coming out of high school. You will have that coming out of college, that you had a family behind you protecting you to make sure that you're going to be successful. I think that's going to open up the world. And yes, we may not have, I'm not saying that we're going to have like a slew more of kids going into the NBA. No, we're not. But what we are going to have is a lot more engineers, and a lot more doctors, and a lot more lawyers, and a lot more people taking professional, you know, taking a professional look at it. Because the great thing about HBCUs, they're going to show you, yeah, you play basketball, but you don't have to be just a basketball player. You could be a doctor that plays basketball. You could be a, li- a lawyer that plays basketball, an engineer that plays basketball. And they're going to give you that and they're going to open that up for you. So I love the direction that this is going. I like the fact that a lot of the young athletes are now opening their eyes to HBCUs. As a matter of fact, the young lady that I'm training was even speaking about that she wants to play for HBCU back east. So I, I definitely love the direction that we're going at now. And it is something that is very happy, you know. Now, Malik, I, I am actually running out of time. I, I could sit here and speak with you all day. You know how we do. We could sit around and have you like know about, we do. you know, <laughs> we could have a special about just about every sport because I didn't even get the chance to touch touch base on Tim Tebow or anything or touch, talk about football. So, so you know that we could. You know we, what? We, gotta, we gotta do that on my joint. I'm coming. Yeah. To, I've been going through a transitional period. Uh-huh. Crystal know all about Crystal know all about my inside yeah. information. Yeah. But I'm going through a transition scene. This Sunday, I'm setting up my new podcast studio. Okay. I finally, finally right. I'm gonna set up my new podcast studio. And guess what? I want you to be, I want you to rep first. I want you to come through and rep first because it's gonna be the start of the playoffs. We can talk Kaepernick and everything else. So I want I gotta I, I gotta I gotta I want I want you to bless the mics first on the on the next show. All you gotta do is just give me the time. I will be there, Malik. I can do this all day with you. I can sit here and talk about this all day. <laughs> no, but I know how we make this happen, man. That's what we do. Yes, sir. That's what we do. An absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I'm loving thank your you, insight. You. I'm, so I'm, I'm loving care. what you're saying. But before I, before I go, um, before I let you go, I would just want to go ahead and we're going to take a quick little word from our coach. Now, as we all know that AAU season is starting, it's coming upon us, it's gearing down. The things that a lot of colleges are looking at and a lot of um, high schools are forgetting is that fundamentals is going to be what gets you to the next level. We, of course, we love to see the highlights, the great dunks, you know, shooting from 35 feet to be just like Steph Curry. But the fundamentals is what's going to carry you. 
Now, what I definitely do suggest, if you are in the Las Vegas area or Phoenix or even in the um, Great the Great Basin area, you can reach out to me. My name is Coach Drew. You can check us out on WilliamsNextLevelTraining.com. But if you do not have me at your access, if you cannot reach out to me, make sure that your athletes are being trained with a trainer who's going to focus on those fundamentals and not just having to highlight plays. Highlight plays is going to get you on Instagram, but I guarantee those fundamentals will get you in college. And that is a word from a coach. I want to thank everybody who came out. Listen, you know, I definitely want to thank our uh, guest today, Malik Span from The Blitz. We're looking forward to that new show. I will, I will make an effort. I will be on that show for that first show because I want to be there for that one. And of course, we also got to go ahead and give a shout out to CWN Sports, who keep on bringing me back every week just so I can talk to y'all. And I really appreciate what they do over there. If you have not bookmarked that website as of yet, please go ahead and bookmark it, CWN Sports. You're going to have access to the different shows like um, like the Sean Harvey Morning Show, like um, Malik's The Blitz, like Let's Kick It with me. Also, with Ball Court, you're going to have the latest episodes, articles, as well as a close, in-depth look on how sports is taking place in our world, cwnsports.com. Definitely go ahead and check it out. Also, I definitely want you to wake up each morning to the Sean Harvey Morning Show. I'm telling you, they are hilarious. When you hear Sunny J, they, and they're on there talking, and of course, uh, Bobby Cologne, they're on there having a great time. It is something that will make you smile too. Every morning, I try and make sure that I listen. And every now and again, I try and pop in and just give my howdy do's to everyone. You also want to check out Women's Interrupted, a great podcast for women and how they're going to be doing their thing. And Angel, she just makes it phenomenal. She talks about it. She makes it very funny and relatable for you. So I definitely want to make sure that everybody's checking it out, including us men. I'm telling you, sometimes if we can get some insight, we can help out a little bit, it's going to make things a lot easier for us on the back end. So definitely go ahead and check it out. Women's Interrupted. And I want you to stay in touch. Go ahead, get your Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, check out, you know, make sure that you have the ding set up for Ball Court because every time I drop a new podcast and every time I drop a new show, I want to make sure that you're updated first. Get those notifications because when you hear the ding, you know the coaches did his thing. And this has been the episode of Ball Court. I want to thank you all. I will see you next time. Malik, thank you for coming out. We really appreciate it. Have a great one. Uh, my name's Coach Drew, and that has been the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. It was great, Malik. I'm glad that you came on. Yeah, have a good one. Me and Malik is going to kick it after the show. Y'all take it easy. Have a great one. We'll be out. I'll see you next time. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.